This is the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy, here's Sal Licata. We'll take a break from your call. 800 is the number to talk all sports here on WOR on the Sports Zone. Take it on 9 o'clock. Right now, let's talk some Masters, or really some Tiger. As we welcome in Shane Bacon of Fox Sports. Shane, let's just get right into it with Tiger. I mean, he barely made the cut. Am I right? He's four over so far for the tournament. I guess Reed, everybody's finished. Reed is nine under, so Tiger barely makes the cut, and he will play tomorrow. Yeah, made, made the cut. Uh, made the cut on the, the well, a couple. I guess a couple numbers in. Uh, I, it wasn't really that uh, that big of an issue late in the round. It was just more of where he was going to end up. But yeah, just you know, just. I mean, simply put, just not as weak. Hit his irons has hit his irons really, really bad. I mean, it's it's uh, it's been the elephant in the room, if you will, this year. Uh, the driving is a little bit of an issue, but he hadn't been great with the irons. It's just been the short game has been unbelievable, and really no putts or drop, and not getting the ball close to the hole if on the green at all with the second shots and. When you do that, you're going to really struggle around Augusta National. So, Shane, tell me why everybody – I mean, I get that the fans love him, and I guess you know the majority of media loves him as well because they've been rooting for him so hard for you know eight-plus years, it seems, to have Tiger come back and compete and win another major. And I understand why, but realistically, when they look at the golfer, he's not the same. So why were people getting so amped up about Tiger coming into the Masters knowing that maybe, as you said, he's been struggling with certain areas of his game? Well, I mean, he, he had two top fives coming in uh, in two events with a lot of big names in it. I mean, you know, he finished behind Rory. We, we made a charge on Sunday at the Arnold Palmer before hitting that ball out of bounds on 16. Finished second in the bounce bar, you know, just a shot back at Paul Casey. I mean, he looked like a guy that was trending in the right direction. Uh, you know, it's just, it's a different feel. You know, you get to a major championship when you hadn't felt that in a while. Um, you know, he's a human guy, and, and he's obviously seen some, some negatives in his golf game, and it just hadn't been there this week. But I don't think it's, it's anything going forward that's a big concern. I just think this is a guy that struggled a little bit this week with his golf game, and he's got two more rounds to hopefully find something for the rest of the year. But, you know, I think the hype was there because we saw Tiger start to contend, start to hit, off, hit golf shots that we used to see, make huge putts when you needed to make them at these events, and you started to think maybe this guy – is actually going to do this, and I still don't think it's out of the question. I mean, not not this week in particular, but the U.S. Open and the British Open coming forward are two golf courses that I think are going to set up really well for Tiger Woods because he's not going to have to get a lot of drivers off the tee at both those golf courses. So, you know, I think, uh, again, trying to find something positive on Saturday and Sunday this week as he moves through the PGA Tour season because, you know, this isn't the end of the year. This is really just the beginning for him. Yeah, I understand that it's just the beginning potentially for him here. I, it's hard for me, Shane, and again, I'm a fringe golf fan, you know, at best. I loved Tiger when I was younger, and I pay attention to the majors and all things like that, but realistically, I just don't understand, based on what we've seen for, you know, almost a decade, how people can, you know, why he's such a, you know, a favorite on the betting odds with Vegas and all those Type of things, you know, what was the eight to one coming in the tournament? I, I don't understand why people expect to see it when they haven't seen it in so long from Tiger. Maybe other courses set up better down the road. Sure, Masters usually his thing, right? And everybody wants to see him with the green jacket or at least contend on Sunday. But but isn't it a little premature to be to that extent with Tiger Woods right now? I think I think the the hype going in in the sense of him winning was yes I I was one of those that said make sure you calm it down a little bit right. uh, but you know that's just not the culture we live in I mean we want to see this comeback story you know comeback stories are great but we really see the comeback story from the guy that was the most dominant in the history of the sport 
And I just think that the idea of it is such a sexy story that we love rooting for. it. I mean, we want to see this guy battling Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy, the generation coming through now uh, on a Saturday and Sunday at Augusta National. You know, that's what the golf world wants to see, and that will trump any golf story the other 51 weeks out of the year. And this is the place that he's still been able to play okay at, you know, despite not winning the major championship suit since 2008. I mean, he's got, you know, three top fives since 2010. So I think the idea of it was it was a really cool idea, and the way he played coming into it brought that idea to, to actually fruition. It's just when he's not getting the ball close to the hole and he's not making any putts, he's not going to be able to play well. And, I mean, these other guys are out there fearless. You know, that's, the, that's the, the mis-issue about this current generation is you've got a lot of young players that don't care who else is in the field. They just want to go out there and make a bunch of birdies, and that's what you're seeing from the Patrick Reed and the Jordan Spieth and the Rory this week. Boy, that is a great point. We're talking with Shane Bacon, Fox Sports Golf Analyst. Before we get to the new wave of guys, what happened with Phil? Did he? I, I'm looking at his numbers here. Did he make the cut? He made the cut. Um, he was plus weird seven. Is, is Phil, Phil's won three times here, but since his win in 2010, it has been a roller coaster, and it's just it's just which Phil shows up. You know, he's had a couple of top fives. I mean, he's played played really poorly, especially the last three years. He hadn't broke he hadn't broke seventy at Augusta National since 2015. So you know, it's just for whatever reason, the golf course that he used to dominate and, and understand has kind of befuddled him lately. Yeah, and clearly he's another one that the fans love to get behind, and it's always fun. I know maybe get a bit nostalgia, uh, nostalgic with both him and uh, and Tiger together. But uh, you know, usually those two names go hand in hand, and fans love to see them competing. Especially you talk about Masters on that Sunday. All right, tell me about some of these new guys here. McElroy playing well, Spieth as always playing well at the Masters. You got Dustin Johnson having a nice uh, round, but Reed certainly uh, the leader here uh, after the first two rounds. Yeah, Patrick Reed, you know, he went to college at Augusta State, obviously knows the area very well. But this is a guy that, that had won, he won five times on the PGA Tour, but had never played well in a major championship until the PGA Championship last year where he finished tied for second. But he's just putting like a madman. I think he has 23 one-putts through 36 holes. You know, if you do that at this golf course, you're going to be up near the lead. So this is the guy that sprays the driver when he's not playing well. He's finding a lot of fairways, and he's holding a lot of putts. But I'll say it's going to be tough for him to pull this out with two rounds to go, considering the names you mentioned chasing him. I mean, he's got Dustin and, Ju- and Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas and Rory chasing him. You know, those are four of the top seven players in the world. Uh, he's going to have to keep doing this, which is asking a lot to, to, to stay atop this leaderboard with those guys chasing him behind. You know, just looking at some of the names here, Shane, it is a good leaderboard. I mean, it's going to be an exciting weekend. I know it always is, but you got Bubba up there as well. He's always fun to watch. How about Ricky Fowler, who's been struggling a little bit to start this season? Fowler playing pretty well here. I mean, are you just going to go with the, the obvious with Spieth and you mentioned Johnson? You think those two are going to give the give Reed the hardest time? Or you think any of those other guys I mentioned can maybe give him a shot? You know, I was looking at the leaderboard a little bit ago, and I think they, they're saying tomorrow the weather's going to be awful. It's going to be windy, and it's going to be really cold. Um, and with that, normally that means the leaders come back. You know, rarely is the guy going to go out there with the lead and shoot four under. So I think you can go back as far as somebody at one under. If you look at a John Rahm, who played great today after a rough opening round, uh, a player like that, you know, who, who can beat it forever and, and can play in the wind, I think you can go back to, to the one-unders that, that could have a chance, especially with this weather coming in. But you mentioned Ricky Fowler. He putted awful today, and he's normally a really, really good putter. So I, I'm just going to chalk today up as kind of like the outlier. Uh, I think Fowler's got a chance. I mean, he's two under, and to me, I think you realistically look at like five. So Stinson's at five under. Let's just say that's the lead with the way Reed's putted. Now, I mean, now he's three back. So I think Ricky Fowler, from chasing from behind, 
is, is been a better situation for him in the past. And I think he's got a chance to maybe go out there tomorrow, throw up around a two under when everybody's struggling in the win. And, you know, maybe he'll be in the second to last group and have a chance. Talking with Shane Bacon, Fox Sports Golf Analyst. How about what happened to Sergio? I mean, have you ever seen that happen before? <laughs> that was something, right? The reigning champ, did have that happen? I mean, it was, you know, it was one of those things that we saw. If you remember a few years ago, Ernie Els had that seven putt. And I just kept, the, the memories kept flashing back in my head. He had it at Augusta National, and you're seeing this great champion in Ernie Els. And then you're seeing Sergio hit wedge after wedge after wedge in the water. You know, it was pretty brutal to watch. I will give him credit. He bounced back with a birdie on 16. But, no, him walking up 18 today, you know, it was a dejected look in his face. You know, he didn't want to be saying goodbye to the crowd on Friday. He wanted to be waving to the crowd on Sunday. So, uh, you know, I mean, a bad hole sometimes will ruin your week. And when you make 13, it'll real, really ruin it quick. So give me the, I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but before we go, Shane, give me the guys who you think are going to be there Sunday. You think Reed falls all the way back? I mean, do you think he's still going to be there? Give me the top, you know, three, four guys who you think are going to be there come Sunday looking to win this thing. All right, I'll say this. I think the final group going into Sunday is going to be uh, Henrik Stinson and Justin Thomas. That, that's what I think. I think, you know, Reed and Leishman will still be in the hunt and still be in contention. But if I'm looking at this leaderboard right now with the conditions coming in tomorrow, That'll be who I put in that final group on Sunday is a couple of guys that are, you know, back of the lead. I mean, you know, they're, they're four back and five back. What about uh, the weather Sunday? Any issues with that potentially? It, it, it looks like it's going to be a little bit better on Sunday. It's still going to be a little cool, but they're not going to have this wind and stuff blowing. I mean, when the players are talking about Saturday weather on Tuesday, you know it's going to be bad. And they have all been talking about it all week long. So, you know, expect to see jackets and, and beanies and, and players, you know, I mean, really struggling with the greens. Expect to see balls kind of blowing off the front of some of these greens tomorrow. I think that's what it's going to play like. Thanks, Shane. I appreciate the couple of minutes. Anytime. Shane Bacon, Fox Sports golf analyst, uh, giving you the latest there with the Masters. It will be fun to watch, regardless where Tiger or Phil are. I know that you know everybody wants to watch Tiger. Everybody, as you just heard Shane talk about, they love the comeback story. You want to get enough Tiger? Go read the new book that's out. Uh, well, or listen to it for that matter, as I'm doing. Uh, I can't get enough of it. It is uh, coming at a perfect time where I finished, caught up on all my podcasts. Now I'm fascinated listening to this uh, new book on Tiger Woods, and you know, get you in the golf spirit, especially Masters weekend. What better? weekend to start that so should be exciting you got those big names up there Spieth McElroy Dustin Johnson Justin Thompson Fowler making a charge Bubba Watson in there is fun to root for so should be a fun weekend here uh with the next two days and the weather is always you know look if the weather's going to be potentially bad tomorrow that's going to be intriguing to watch as well 800-321-0710 we'll get back to your calls whether it's golf whether it's Mets Yanks whatever it is that's on your mind Yanks trailing now 3-2 to the Orioles that one in the bottom of the fourth inning so, and we'll still get to some Knicks as well. I want to get to that before we say goodbye. We'll do what's on tap as well. So, a lot more to do. Salakot in the sports zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy on the Voice of New York, 710 WOR. This is the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy, here's Sal Licata. We'll talk to Jimmy Traina of Sports Illustrated and talk some wrestling. Rare that we do that on this show, but it is WrestleMania week. Figured we'd have some fun with that. Uh, we'll do that at 835. Right now, let's get back to the phones. 800 Don is in Linden. What's up, Don? You're on The Voice of New York, 710-WOR. Yes, um, I thought that it was a little ludicrous that Tiger Woods be made the favorite in the, in the Masters. I've expressed that view pretty consistently. And um, with regard to the gentleman you had on a little while ago, who made the comment that the most dominant golfer in history he doesn't, Tiger doesn't get to be called that because he's not. Jack Nicholas is. 
He has 18 majors, finished second 16 or 17 times. Until Tiger gets that 19th major, and that's not happening in our lifetimes. Yeah, but to- but you can't just go based on just the major victories, can you, Don? I mean, why would you? D- Tiger Woods dominated the sport when he was playing at his peak. I mean, he dominated it. Now, I'm not going to sit there and say that I know you know Nichols, uh, Nicholas at his uh, in his prime, uh, but. Come on, you can't argue that Tiger was as dominant, if not the most dominant player the sport has ever seen. No, I will uh, will definitely argue that. For the period of time that he had, 1997 through 2000, you know, 2008 with regard to majors. Right, right. After that, after that 11-, 12-year window, he he did win some PGA uh, championships, but he has not won a major in 10 years. Jack Nicklaus never had a, a gap like that. In fact, of course, he won a major at 46 years of age. An incredible historic accomplishment. I'm not sure what the... Uh, no, I get that, but from you just mentioned it, from what, 97 to 2008? I mean, from that time period, has there ever been... You know, in, in that time period, has there ever been a golfer as dominant as Tiger was in that time period? You know, I want to say that Nicholas probably was as dominant from 1961 until uh, oh, 1979 or 1980. Well, you just said probably. Now, maybe you I know. Probably. More. No, I'm okay. Okay, let's not play on words. Well, I you... would say definitely. He finished second in 17 majors and won a score of PGA tournaments in a time of extraordinary competition. Now, competition during Tiger's era was, was stiff, too. Well, but, right, and it's and look, you can, you it's hard to compare the different eras with competition and all those different things, and it's impossible for me as a thirty eight year old talk show host to sit here and tell you that I know everything about Nicholas Prime. I could, couldn't tell you about sixty one. Yeah, there was a man named Arnold Palmer who was in there. Yeah, well, no, I'm familiar. I'm familiar about a man named Lee Trevino. And, yeah, yeah, no, no, you don't have to. You don't have to reference names. I've heard of the names. I'm talking about. I'm not watching. I, obviously, I wasn't watching Jack Nicholas in his prime. I wasn't watching Arnold Palmer in his prime. So I did see Tiger. Woods in his prime and know that it is pretty darn hard, if not impossible, to be as dominant as he was for that time period. Well, I'll grant you that, but he doesn't get to be called the greatest. I, he... I didn't, well, he said dominant. Thanks for the call, Don. Appreciate it, especially chiming in on golf. Yeah, I'm not. He didn't. He didn't say greatest. And honestly, I missed the part where he said the most dominant golfer ever. Uh, but I'll take your word for it. And it just he's certainly one of, if not the most dominant golfer of all time during that period. Yes, the last decade, it's been awful. You know, it's funny. One thing I remember sticking with me was that Nicholas always said the only thing that could get in Tiger's way of breaking my record would be, I forget if he said a, a, a female or you know his love interest, whatever the exact term he used, but that's basically what he said if Tiger gets caught up in the love life because that will distract him from that, and it couldn't be more true. I mean, it actually it happened. It happened just like that. That was the only thing that deterred Tiger from breaking Nicholas's record. Shocking that he said that years before, and then it actually came to fruition and happened. And as I'm learning now by listening to this Tiger Woods book, uh, he's got, I mean, look, there were issues there, a lot of issues, dating back to his childhood with his father being overbearing and abusive at times, trying to get him to become the great golfer that he eventually became. But also the the, you know, 
the womanizing from his father, I'm sure, didn't help uh, you know Tiger along the way. Now I'm just getting started in it, so again, I'll have more to uh, more to get into with the Tiger book once I'm finished with that, and we'll do hey, hopefully get the authors on and do a whole segment on it. But there were there's a lot there to Tiger Woods. Mike is in Nassau. Mike, you're on the Voice of New York Seven Ten W O. What's up, Mike? Hey, that was quick. How you doing, Sal? Good. What's up, Mike? I enjoyed your work over the years. Uh, Thank you. Know, you. I'm a Mets fan since '62. When I was eight years old, my father rest his soul took me to with a polo grounds. 69 series when Cleo made that catch. I was at the game. Uh, Bud Harrelson, Pete Rose was at that game. Nice. Yeah, and Pete Rose was on Long Island side last year at a clam ball. I'm not going to mention the name, but uh, we had a nice little chat. I said, Pete, I took a page from your book and played some college baseball. I was a nut job. But uh, I wish them good luck. And, uh, you know, Pete, uh, Sal, um, let's see if the mojo is in flushing. Let's see if they can put two doctors in the bullpen for the Chuckers, one doctor on the bench and one doctor in the bullpen. And let's see if that injury uh, plague uh, stays away. And uh, they got the, they got the makings of a good team, like you said earlier, Sal. So uh, I enjoy your work on the radio for years, and keep it up, Sal. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. They, look, they don't need a doctor right now. I mean, they, the guys are healthy. So uh, a, a lot was made of it, and I get why. And I think it was just a combination of – you know, some bad luck and obviously some guys who were injury prone. But you look at it this year, you know, Matt's is healthy. Harvey is healthy. You get Syndergaard is back healthy. Syndergaard was an aberration, I thought. Although if you listen to Bobby Ojeda and you could catch that interview uh, on 710WOR.com if you missed any of it that we did earlier, he talked about Syndergaard having a, uh, what was the word, uh, violent finish to his delivery and thinks that that could get him in trouble eventually. But anyway, I thought that that was an aberration with the Syndergaard injury a year ago. I don't think Harvey's necessarily injury prone. He had Tommy John surgery a couple years ago. That happens. The thoracic outlet syndrome, maybe just some you know bad luck. Um, Mats would be the one guy that you worry about being injury prone. You know, Lugo again. He was hurt last year. Seems healthy now. It's it's not about a doctor. And Callaway keeping him hydrated. They have training staff that's uh, in place. No Ray Ramirez anymore. So you don't have to worry about that. Luck sometimes plays a part in these things, and you know, they go from there. Knock on wood. They've been healthy through spring training. They're healthy so far. You look around Major League Baseball. A lot of teams get banged up. A lot of teams with injuries. And maybe it's just the Mets' turn to have a lucky year for once. I mean, this franchise has not had very much uh, luck in, in the last several years. I mean, you go, go back maybe 32 years, not uh, not a lot of luck at all. 800-321-0710. 800-321-0710 is the number to call. We'll talk to Sports Illustrated's Jimmy Trana uh, coming up next. He, of course, has the SI Media podcast, had Roman Reigns as a guest on that podcast, writes uh, Train of Thoughts for SI.com, does uh, some wrestling stuff with WrestleMania here this weekend. Uh, actually, tonight starts uh, tonight, right? The whole big weekend for the WWE. And we'll talk to Jimmy and get some insight on that. We'll also do uh, more Mets stuff and some Knicks before we say goodbye. Salicata in the Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. Today. You're in the WOR Sports Zone. In for Pete, here's Sal Licata. All right, taking it at 9 o'clock here in the Sports Zone. Right now, let's take a little break from the baseball and from the Masters uh, and do some uh, do some wrestling. WrestleMania weekend is here. It's always an exciting time. If you Look, I'm not a diehard wrestling fan anymore. If anybody always asks, I would say, well, I'm a uh, an expert from about 87 till 91 or 92. Uh, so I love those years. That's when I was a huge fan. Now I'll watch it for entertainment purposes occasionally. Uh, fast forward through some of the shows. But WrestleMania is a fun event. It's 
always a fun weekend. They have a lot of history to it as well. So why not do a couple of minutes on it with uh, Jimmy Trana of SI.com. He writes Trana Thoughts for the website. He also hosts SI Media Podcast, which is one that I have downloaded, and you should do the same. And you had uh, Roman Reigns on this week, Jimmy. And I know you didn't know his age necessarily, but uh, it was fun a fun interview listening to you at Roman Reigns. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you enjoyed me being embarrassed. I had a little little shaky moment there, but he was great. And uh, I enjoyed speaking to Roman, and sounds like it's going to be a big night for him on Sunday. Yeah, well, that was what I was going to ask you. First of all, I don't know. I mean, you, we've probably both looked at the matchup lineup or the matches lineup here. I'm not really excited about any of these, and in particular that one, which probably is the main event. I guess that's the biggest match with Brock Lesnar, who's the reigning champion, taking on Roman Reigns. I mean, is there any doubt that Roman Reigns wins that match? No, and if you follow the betting odds on the match on certain websites, he was, as of late this afternoon, Roman Reigns was minus 885. So that means the people in the know got the script and uh, it's pretty much a lock. He's going to win the title there at the main event against Brock Lesnar. Oh, right, which is so like, I mean, if I'm a fan, wouldn't aren't the best matches the one that you could see a scenario where either guy wins? Now, look, maybe they throw uh, a swerve out there. Who knows what, what can happen? Usually they would do that when you think it's so obvious. But, I mean, at least it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. It seems like Roman Reigns is going to win the championship, oh. and that made, that's boring. Yeah, I, I hate to do this to you, Sal, because we, we are very good friends. So I don't, you know, I don't want to ruin anything for you, but it is fake. <laughs> so, so no one, so no one actually really wins. It's really who Vince McMahon wants to have win. So I do think the Roman Reigns thing, even though it's expected he's going to win, it's still interesting because the fans don't really love him. It, it's sort of like a love-hate thing that's going on. And I think the hate that the fans had for him is, has um, waned a little bit. It's not as, as feverish as it once was. But I think what's interesting, at least from my standpoint, is seeing how he's going to win and what stops they're going to pull out to get the crowd to cheer him. That's going to be the challenge. It's not about the match or where him winning. It's how do they get the crowd to support his win. So I'm interested to see how that happens. Yeah, fair. All right, I like you saying that. Maybe that adds a little more interest for me. We're talking with Jimmy Tran of Sports Illustrated. Train of Thoughts, SI.com. It's a must-read every day, Monday through Friday, and download the SI Media Podcast. Or is that what you got to do with it? How do they do that? You I, da- I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know we're here to talk wrestling, but I, I have to say, with Roman Reigns on the podcast, I also on that podcast had Kevin Burkhardt on, who I know you're... And he was phenomenal. Uh, yeah, he was really good. So, now I had I had Mets fans on OR, the Mets fan who remembers Kevin Burkhart, they may want to check that out. Yeah, this week's media podcast featured the double uh, guest. You yeah. had Roman Reigns and Burkhart, and Burkhart was phenomenal. Yeah. Now I had known some of those stories because I, I mean, I worked with Burkhart back at the fan, but you guys got into a lot. Burkhart, yeah. very, very, very candid. It was a, it was an easy listen. So check that out uh, as well. Uh, uh, what other matches here? I mean, I'm not. I know you're not into this either. The Ronda Rousey. The angle. I just couldn't, don't. I yeah. don't get it. I mean, that's couldn't supposed to be a big. Care less. Couldn't care less. You know, she's going to win. I think they dropped the ball big time because they had a great storyline a hundred years ago where uh, you know Triple H and Stephanie were together and she was sort of cheating on him or you know having a little side thing with Kurt Angle. I thought maybe they'd bring that storyline back. They didn't. It's just all about Ronda Rousey. And quite frankly, you know, when you 
go 12 and 0 in the UFC and everyone thinks you're the greatest thing since sliced bread and then you lose two matches and then you basically get nasty anytime someone tries to talk to you about your two UFC losses I, I don't see you as this, this imposing superstar figure so I have zero interest in Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania maybe I have go ahead no, no, I was gonna. No, no, go ahead. About right. I was gonna say maybe I have some intrigue as far as you know, seeing if she could actually wrestle. But she's so bad on the mic that when you have a new person like that, you'd like them to have some kind of personality, and you could see clearly she's forcing it. She's not comfortable with that, and that's a turnoff right there. Yeah, I'm also not into the you know Triple H now because he owns the company. He's trying to do like the Undertaker thing and wrestle once a year at WrestleMania. And quite frankly, I've Zero interest in seeing Triple H wrestled either after, you know, he owns the company, comes out in a suit every week, and then all of a sudden, you know, once a year he wants to be a wrestler. It's, it's, hard, it's a hard one to take, yeah. even in the fake world of wrestling. Him and Angle both past their prime. Clearly, Angle rough moving around there. That's just that's going to be a weird match. Daniel Bryan coming back. All right, big story. I, I mean, that's going to be a highlight because that crowd is the roof's going to come off that place for Daniel Bryan. Well, that'll be fun to watch him. Is Shane McMahon wrestling as his partner? Shane will be out there. I heard some rumors that maybe he was. Yeah. Or I was reading somewhere that he was sick, so Shane will be there. Oh, oh I, I don't. You know, he's supposed to. Be. I mean, the match is supposed to be Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon against uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. But I mean, that's all about. Daniel Bryan and nothing else. You mentioned the Undertaker. I, I, look, I mean the Undertaker for years. He can't. He, he's it's terrible. Watch. He can't move. I don't want to see him necessarily, but I am intrigued by the angle that has been being teased with Cena and the Undertaker. Is this going to happen? I mean, what, what, what is the what is well, the plan right now? Here's the thing. It's very very hard for the WWE in this day and age to leave you confused about something or not know what's going on with something because of the internet, social media, people know, you know, everyone knows it's fake and their storylines. They've managed to do something that's almost impossible because no one knows what's happening with the Cena Undertaker thing. So it's worked out beautifully for them. I mean, listen, any person who's a wrestling fan in any way, shape or form thought the Undertaker was coming out on Monday Night Raw. He didn't. And when he didn't, I said to myself, it's actually, that was the way to play it. It's a brilliant move because now you don't know what the hell's going to happen. Yeah, I'll be intrigued to see if something... Oh, I like those surprises that, you know, it's not just a match list. Something unexpected happens, so maybe that happens there. I'm into the women's matches. I think that there's some good potential there, uh, so those will be fun. I like the women's battle royal, the first ever that's going to happen uh, there as well. Any chance we see Hulk Hogan? I know there's some rumors about that might be a possibility. Do you think Hulk makes an appearance on this WrestleMania 34? I'd be surprised, um, but listen... You, the one thing about being a wrestling fan or following, following wrestling is nothing should ever surprise you. So would I be surprised? No, but I'm not expecting it. Yeah, and I say that because, and this leads us to our next thing, which I can't wait to talk to you about, the Andre the Giant special that HBO has done has been being you know teased. We've been watching the trailer for months. Uh, comes out next Tuesday. You happen to get an advanced copy of that and watch it. Hogan, I guess, was uh, uh, featured in it quite a bit, and he was at the premiere, yeah. and he was you know shaking hands with Triple H, so then the rumors started that maybe he'll be there. Outside of Hogan, give me your thoughts on the, your viewing of the Andre the Giant special. Uh, I thought it was excellent. It was excellent. The, the only criticism I would say is I wish it was a little longer. Uh, I think it was an hour and a half, hour and 20. I could have watched the old footage of Andre and that whole thing forever. 
it was now listen you know it's not an uplifting documentary it's very sad um it, it's not a feel good documentary at all it's just examining his life there's some interesting wrestling stuff about how he basically wrestled for every company and was this attraction in the AWA and uh, he wasn't just a WWE Vince McMahon guy. So that from a rest if you're a hardcore wrestling fan, that stuff is fascinating. And then just get into his life and the, you know, what he went through as someone who was seven foot, seven feet, four inches. And, you know, he developed a lot of health problems, um, you know, issues with family, et cetera. And uh, I won't spoil it, but there, this is Vince McMahon as you've never seen him before in this documentary. Yeah, I cannot wait to see it. It airs on HBO on Tuesday. Uh, I'm not sure the exact time, but Tuesday night, HBO. I think it's at 10 o'clock on Tuesday. Okay, 10 o'clock, Tuesday night, HBO, the Andre the Giant special. I cannot wait because I want to see uh, all that behind-the-scenes stuff. And, and learn. Did you learn? Was there anything in particular you learned about Andre that you had no idea about? Yeah, do you want me to spoil things for you? Or do you no, you know what? You know, <laughs> no, don't spoil. Let me watch it. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Don't ruin it for me. Um, you le- you learn you learn a decent amount of things. Okay, good. No, yeah. I mean because yeah. a lot of a lot of times some of these wrestling specials they're teasing you get excited and you're like oh I knew that or this is like you know I've seen right, that right, somewhere right. else a hundred times so it, it, I'm glad that there's new content that you will I'll, learn. I'll tell you who else they got on camera to sit down and talk about Andre, who was phenomenal. The best one after Vince. Was Mean Gene? How's uh, he how's he doing, Mean Gene? I know uh, I've watched him on what was it, the Legends House, a couple of years ago. He still he still got good. it. <laughs> yeah, he still got it for sure. Absolutely. Uh, it's crazy watching some Absolutely. of those old those old clips yeah. and stuff like that. All right, uh, I'll talk to you this weekend. I'm sure. Maybe next year we go to WrestleMania. It's going to be here in MetLife for WrestleMania 35. So uh, maybe we could attend that. What do you think? I hate MetLife, but you know we'll see. I wish it was at the Garden. That crowd at the garden, you know, they'll never do it, but that's where it should be. That's the Mecca. That's where the first one was. It'd be great if they did it at the garden again. Yeah, they just like selling out those massive buildings because it is a ridiculous ridiculous audience. It's a spectacle. Jimmy Trana, SI.com. Check out Trana Thoughts. Download the SI Media Podcast. This week's guest, Roman Reigns and Kevin Burkhart. You don't want to miss that. It was a good listen. All right, Jimmy, thanks for your couple of minutes. We'll talk to you soon. Anytime, buddy. All right, Jimmy Trainer there catching up for a few minutes on uh, the wrestling stuff. More so than WrestleMania, I think I'm excited for the Andre special. I cannot wait to watch that. As You know, you grew up as a kid watching Andre and Hogan. Now you get to learn behind the scenes about Andre the Giant. I think that should be uh, an interesting watch from HBO. Bill Simmons had a lot to do with uh, putting that piece together. If I'm not mistaken, it was his production team or his idea that tried to go out there and execute it. So should be a fun watch on Tuesday. 800-321-0710. There's a lot to get to not only as we talked about Tuesday but this weekend a lot to get to what's on tap we'll do that with producer Mark coming up next your calls as well 800-321-0710 it's the Sports Zone Salakata and for Pete McCarthy the voice of New York 710 WOR this is the WOR Sports Zone filling in for Pete McCarthy here's Sal Licata. couple of updates for you CC Sabathia has left this game with the you know, left the Yankee game a little early. Has a bit of a hip issue. Um, let's see the exact word here. Some reports on Twitter. Sabathia going to have an MRI tonight. He left the game with right hip soreness. 
So the Yanks' bullpen going to be taxed even more as they went to Canely. Right now the Yanks trail 3-2 to the Orioles in the sixth inning. So that's the baseball news. As far as basketball goes, we don't really do much hoops or haven't. We will next week once the playoffs start to get into it. Two things. One, how pathetic is it for the ad company that put a, a billboard up basically challenging LeBron James to come to New York. Oh, King of New York? Prove it. And then has a fake jersey of LeBron up. It is so lame. Get lost, will you? I mean, LeBron's not coming to the Knicks. Why would anybody come to that putrid organization? They're an embarrassment. You think that billboard's going to do anything in the event of getting LeBron James here? I mean, get lost with that. The Knicks are so irrelevant. You got no shot at LeBron. Speaking of LeBron, last night they were down... His Cavs were down about 16, 17 points with maybe five minutes to go against the Wizards, and they came back and won the game in incredible fashion, led by King James. Tonight, they were trailing the Sixers. Remember, back-to-back, Sixers red hot in Philadelphia, Sixers at home. Sixers had a lead 78-55 to to at the half. It is now at the end of the third, 105-98, 76ers. They have cut in that lead with a 43-point third quarter and have now made that a seven-point ball game with a quarter to play after trailing 78-55 at the half on the second of a back-to-back. That is impressive. I mean, LeBron James, and look, I'm guilty of it. Maybe I didn't appreciate him as much as I should have. LeBron James, man, I can't even believe I'm going to say this. He's the best player the sport has ever seen. He's better than Michael Jordan. I didn't say it years ago. I thought it was foolish to think anything else. LeBron James, the best player the sport has ever seen. All right, what's on tap? Uh, we got a sounder or whatever, producer Mark, or this is just you and I rapping? No, you can play the sounder if Go you ahead, like. Sure. Hey, here we go, Peter. The weekend is underway. Here's what's on tap. Weekend Spotlight. It's been a long week. I need to crack a couple of those beers. Weekend not quite on the way for me yet. Uh, but there's a lot going on, producer Mark. What uh, piques your interest? By the way, I know you're a big hockey fan. We should congratulate the Devils who clinched yeah. the playoff spot last night. I know you're a Ranger fan, well, but so still. Are you. Well, you know what? Uh, Rangers and Islanders are so irrelevant, and the Devils doing a good, uh, doing a great job this year, getting into the postseason for the first time in a while. What's I'm on all tap? in on Nashville, by the way. Okay, the I- I'm going to go. Winnipeg will be my team. I okay. like. Winnipeg. I can't wait for the Nashville Winnipeg Western Conference Finals. Hopefully, I don't know if that's going to happen though. Maybe I don't know if the bracket will make that happen because it's a weird bracket, as you know. Right. So but. the way that it works. Nashville is the President's Trophy. Yes, so they might have to meet in the second round. They will face either the Avalanche or potentially the Blues. Actually, a big game. That's another thing that's on tap tomorrow if you're an NHL fan. Blues-Avalanche. I believe that's... I don't think it's tonight. I think that's tomorrow. Yeah, probably. That's supposed to be the last game of the season. Oh, right. Tomorrow's supposed to have all the last games. So that's a big game, potentially a playoff spot. Anyway, okay, go ahead. What's on tap for you? Uh, Well, it was my birthday this past Monday, and since it was uh, Easter and Passover last weekend, we didn't get to celebrate... Uh, so tomorrow I'm going to go uh, bowling and uh, have a few adult beverages with my friends. Happy belated birthday. Oh, so you. no sports for you? I mean, I'll watch the Mets because that's during the day tomorrow. And, you know, well, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. But got- there's nothing else. Like, I'm not a golf guy. Okay, the Rangers so, are irrelevant. So the Masters are out. I mean, I'm trying to yeah. keep... I, look, I mean, I need to get my wife out of the house this weekend so I can watch some sports. I don't know. I mean, there is the Masters... You got both Mets and Yankees. Mets may be more important than the Yanks because of the because of the opponent. I mean, the Yanks playing the Orioles, but it's still a big series. But you got both Mets and Yanks tomorrow at one. You have Yankees at one on Sunday. Mets the Sunday night game. Those are essentially all must watch. All the baseball must watch. And I'll be able to fit all of those into my schedule. I fit okay. all my 
you know, fun stuff around the map. That's fair. And then you have, so no NHL or NBA this weekend, even though it's the final NHL I mean, weekend. maybe I'll watch a little if I can, but, you know, that's not as important as the playoffs. Correct. You keep up with some of the scores, see the potential matchups. I have a couple of NBA futures, uh, you know, win total over-unders that I need to check out. Of course, the Knicks are beating the Heat tonight. Who would ever think that? I need the Heat to win that game. Need two wins from the Cavs, so I'm, I mean, now you know why I have an eye on them. But you got the Masters that, if you're a golf fan, maybe if you even a fringe golf fan like myself... That's a must-watch this weekend. You have WrestleMania, if you're into that. You have this HBO special with Joe Paterno that is airing Saturday night. So that is a big thing. Not to mention the endless shows that I need to catch up on. i got to catch up on Billions and then got Homeland. I mean, they were, they were to produce a mark. I need, I can't do it in a weekend. I need more than that. You know what you didn't mention? What? The Jersey Shore is back. Yes, that's another show. Now, did you I have watch it? DVR'd. It? So now, how many episodes have there been? Because I didn't. This is the. It was the premiere on Thursday night. So I hope I can watch it on demand. And the next one airs Thursday again. Yeah, I think it's gonna be every Thursday. I don't know how many episodes there are. That is another one that is on my list. I have right I think now. That's the top of my list right now. Gary Shandling Zen Diaries. This is my list to catch up this weekend. Billions. The Letterman interview with uh, with Jay Z. I'm still on Clooney. Joe. Pa- yeah, Joe Paterno. Um, and the Jersey Shore show. So, I mean, there's a lot there. And, and on top of the baseball, on top of the Masters and WrestleMania. I don't know if I could get it all in. All right, producer Mark, great job. Peter on the board, thank you as well. Pete will be back with you tomorrow. Coverage begins 12.05. Mets and Nats. Mets looking to make it two in a row against the Washington Nationals. Right now, the news.